This is The Guardian. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here. Today we've got an extra episode of Full Story for you from one of our other podcasts, Save for Later, made by The Guardian Australia's culture and lifestyle team. We're just past the midpoint of the election campaign and election content seems to be everywhere, especially online. In this episode, Safe for Later host Michael Sun gets the rundown on the best and worst election memes from Guardian Australia's resident TikToker, Matilda Bosley. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to Safe for Later wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to Save for Later from Guardian Australia, a podcast about internet culture and the tabs our brains just can't close. I'm Michael Sun and we have a show for you today, Guardian Australia's resident TikToker and reporter and newly minted election expert Matilda Bosley comes by to chat all about the hilarification of Oswald. She's back on the podcast. Matilda, hello. Hello. I'm so blessed to be here. I'm ready to talk about silly little election things. Matilda, I've asked you back onto this pod because you are the host of our new series, Voting 101, which is all about getting the important info about this very long and protracted election into the hearts and minds of young people as someone who identifies as (laughs) young-ish. I feel very disillusioned towards politics right now, can I just say? And specifically, I guess, the discourse. And it's 95% because of the sheer avalanche of content that is being put out by politicians and punters. I'm talking incredibly cringe memes. I'm talking Scott Morrison photoshopped as Ronald McDonald. I'm talking the Greens <laughs> eating kebabs and telling me to have a good 420. I'm talking Albo as Cher from Clueless. It's it's so much. Make it stop. Look, speaking as someone who spends her uh, eight working hours a day making you, political content online, although obviously from a very different um, perspective, I agree in some ways with you about being cynical about the actual content that is being put out there. I don't fundamentally agree that it's a bad thing that we have politicians trying to engage with young people in the language that young people use, honestly. And, you know, I will fight you to the death about this. I'm sure we'll have a (laughs) large debate. Before we fight to the death, though, I think to take it all the way back, when did politicians actually start becoming content creators. Like, I feel like it's been around for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, basically every election that goes by, uh, memes become more important and social media becomes more important. And, you know, like anything else in politics, they're about like eight years behind the actual zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. I think the rise of memes in their, like, most basic form, sort of came around the George Bush Jr. era where, you know, he would say say a silly thing, he would say the internets, and then everyone would put sort of bold impact font making fun of him on a photo of him. And, like, obviously that's the rudimentary, you know, original meme style. It then became more of, like, a, I guess, a political weapon, definitely throughout, but I think most people point to 2016 as a big moment for that, where you have memes coming from both sides, memes spreading misinformation, memes, just about everything. I mean, Trump was the perfect candidate to make memes about, right? Like, he was very fertile ground for that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But most of what we're seeing there is sort of organic, grassroots. This is how people are engaging in democracy. This is how young people really choose to engage in democracy. 
But obviously, once anything gets popular and becomes part of that conversation, uh, politicians are going to adopt it too. Basically, it's a good way to get some shares online. Like politicians aren't known for being funny. So if they, or let's be real, someone in their team can think of like a funny shareable internet take, then that's going to do well for them. And that's going to have a significant amount of like organic sharing rather than pouring the millions in that they would have to pour to get that same ad shared the same amount of times. Do you recall the kind of like first time you saw a meme be weaponized in this way by a politician? Was it like during the 2016 hilarification era? Honestly, I have always engaged in politics via memes. Like that's how me in high school, me in primary school, that's the way I kind of got the information that I had. It's a terrible way of getting the information, but it's it's what I sort of grew up on. Almost hard to pinpoint the start of it. I think it's been just very organic for how I've seen politics the whole way through. Look, every week I come on this podcast and I do admit and confess things that I should probably be telling my therapist, but I want you to know that there was a time when I was actually really proficiently making these memes. I was a model UN nerd between like 2013 and 2017. We're talking like full on Lisa Simpson, American high school, insane level. I ran a meme page called model UN memes for diplomatic teams. (laughs) Redact that phrase. Um, Sorry, I I don't want to continue on with this podcast. It's been so nice. (laughs) See you, Michael. Bye. (laughs) I totally understand. There was a lot of Trudeau. There was a lot of Macron thirst. It was the golden age of politician thirst. I have nothing but deep regret for who I was in those times. I think that definitely informs my cynicism as well. It's just this deep disgust that I was ever embedded so deeply into like political meme culture. You were just a real comedic shill for the global order, weren't you? I really was. I really was. But let's talk specifically about Australia. It feels like I can't go a day without seeing some kind of meme content being posted by an Australian politician or their parties. That obviously makes sense because it's election season. Every time I see this content, I actively take the extra step to press not interested, to train my algorithm, never to show me anything like this again. But that's why I need you here to give me the lay of the land. What does meme culture in Ozpol actually look like right now? That's interesting because I feel like I am not seeing enough politicians try hard enough. <laughs> um, maybe I'm not even recognising what they're doing as attempts to be memes because they're so unfunny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let me give you a bit of a rundown of what the major players, the memes we're seeing. The main place that it's happening now and where it's really exploded is TikTok. Yes, of course. So before, what were you going to do? Share something on Facebook? The kids aren't there. Share something on Instagram? I don't even know how to share something on Instagram. (laughs) TikTok, perfect format for it. It rewards funniness. It rewards quick little videos. Let me give you a few examples. Uh, You had Labor put out one just quite recently uh, using the Dua Lipa's song Levitating. I do not like where this is going. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a line in the song where she sings, you want me? And then there's uh, just some other lines. And then in another part of the song, she says, no. And then they cut it together and it says, you want me? No. (laughs) You want me? No, ad nauseum. What they've done, 
obviously is put a fairly unflattering photo of uh, Scott Morrison for the you want me. And then for all the no's, you have fire victims who didn't want to shake his hand, anyone who's ever snubbed him at all. Then you get into like, oh, Australia. No, we don't want him. Authorised by Pete Erickson, ALP Canberra. What was the reception like to this meme? Like, did it go off? Were people like really into it? Got about 45,000 views okay. last time I checked. It's fine. Better than, you know, probably what the paid political advertising would have got them uh, for, you know, a fraction of the price. It's quite easy for, like, the more left-wing parties to get away with stuff on TikTok, uh, given the demographic, uh, which is a bunch of young mm-hmm. people, and there's a general culture of disdain for Scott Morrison. So I can't give Labor too much credit here because it's like you're preaching to the choir, you know? You're absolutely right. Like, it is low-hanging fruit in the sense that it's, like, it's really easy to make fun of Scott Morrison. <laughs> so it's even more damning when the meme is bad. <laughs> yeah, and you're sort of like, who is this for? Mm-hmm. Like, is it for middle-aged people to be like, <laughs> hilarious, retw- now that I'm saying it out that's loud, exactly that's 100% who it's for. Modern, yeah. It's for my aunt. Well, like, that's the thing. It's it's the, p- some political memes are the new wave of, you know, like the wine mum minion memes that controlled the internet for years. But one thing that I also have noticed when we're talking about political memes is that they're basically always attack ads. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking all about, you know, oh, there's so much negative campaigning, there's so many attack ads. These memes are part of that because it's easier to score points, it's easier to get people to reshare, it's easier for, to get elicit a chuckle if you're confirming a bias. And it's easier to, you know, get people to chuckle about how bad Scott Morrison is from Labor's point of view than how good Elbow is because it's like mm-hmm. he doesn't really have that sort of personality or that feeling or that culture around him. And the Liberal, and this isn't just Labor, it's not them. It's a two-way street. It's 100%. And the Liberals very much do this too. So when it comes to the Liberals, the main meme factory of that group isn't actually the, well, it's not strictly the party itself. It's their young chapter. It's the young Liberals. They love a meme. They adore it even. And, you know, I denigrated Labor for being a bit late off the block with um, meme culture, waited a bit too long to use that trend. These guys made the opposite mistake. They went way too soon. So Minutes after this Oscars situation happened where you had Will Smith slap Chris Rock on stage, the Young Liberals tweeted out a photo where they have the photograph of the slap occurring and they've labelled Chris Rock, hardworking Australians, being slapped by Will Smith, which is Labor's higher taxes. Uh, And people didn't like it. (laughs) It didn't go down well. Part of it was like, oh, God, the Liberals are coming in and, and stealing up the memes beforehand and now it's not funny. You know, that sort of idea once politicians get involved. But also this situation went very quickly from being like lighthearted, funny internet jokes to like a very serious discussion about disability and race and the other, you know, issues that have happened in Hollywood that haven't had this much condemnation. Like this was a complicated issue. If only they knew the beast that was about to be unleashed. And they probably should have known being a group of politically minded um, young people, they should have been able to see that coming. They ended up deleting this photo. So Mm. once again, it's this very negative kind of cheap joke tactic, which is what brings me to my third example, which I believe Maybe the best political meme that's so far been produced. Okay, say much more. It's going to melt my heart. It's by the Greens. And, yes, it does pain me to compliment any politician on this, by the way. So know mm-hmm, that this doesn't mm-hmm. come easily. It's a quick shot. It's on TikTok. A quick shot of Adam Bant sort of looking 
proudly up and to the corner of the screen and it says, pretty excited for our newest Greens candidate. And then it pans across and what you see is Parliament House with a giant Shrek in a sort of pleather body catsuit and high heels twerking to the song Material Girl. It's amazing. It says that he's got uh, great energy, layers, yelling, what are you doing in my swamp will be good for question time. It's just perfect because it's an established meme. The Shrek uh, dancing in front of buildings and taking up the whole sky was a thing that was going around on TikTok. Granted, about four weeks before this TikTok came out, we're still a bit behind the times, but I think why people appreciated it was it was that it actually wasn't attacking anyone. It was just a joke that was funny and it doesn't take themselves too, too seriously, which really sets them apart. And, you know, I think some of the other memes that we're seeing still absolutely hold the political party sacrosanct, which I don't think is as effective. I'm really sorry, but I also find the Adam Bant video absolutely foul. (laughs) 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 I appreciate, look, I appreciate the fact that he's, you know, up with the times. He's actively subjected himself to a video of Shrek in a leather play suit twerking. I think my issue lies more with the line you said about how politicians... Um, are not taking themselves too seriously. And maybe this is just like too galaxy brain to me, but I feel like it's a very slippery slope because as much as I might like any certain party, the fact that politicians are doing this and actively creating this image of themselves plays into the idea of politicians as popular figures. And I think if we want to go even more extreme, I would say that we shouldn't be humanising politicians at all. Like, in my mind, there seems to be this direct link between politicians being able to wield social media as this image-making tool and the rise of populism. And I guess the extension of that can be, like, let's take the kind of biggest meme example so far, which is Scott Morrison playing Midnight Sun in Cuba on the ukulele. And Obviously, like, it's funny. Everyone's making fun of him for it. Everyone's making a bunch of memes out of it. There was plenty of content. I saw someone sort of green screen him out onto the bushfires uh, playing the ukulele in front of him. And it's like, that's good content. But also... I what I guess that was missing for me in that conversation was the fact that Scott Morrison knows what he's doing, right? Like him being the daggy dad, like the, you know, cringy dad wearing the, you know, the shoes and talking too much about curry night and playing the ukulele benefits him because it's a persona that's very gentle and approachable and you know him and stuff like that. But it's done in this way where I think maybe young people feel like they're the ones who are ahead of the joke when they're making fun of him for doing this, when actually it kind of plays into his strategy a bit. And it's like, you know, this is for every single politician, right? Me talking about Adam Bant, that TikTok is playing into his strategy 100%. Sometimes like making these memes and engaging in these memes itself turns the whole thing into merely spectacle. It turns politicians into, like, sitcom characters, into cartoon characters from, like, a reality TV show. So are we just distracting ourselves from the conversations we actually need to be having? I am split, which is on one hand... 
I think that it is really important that young people don't lose sight of every single piece of content produced by a politician or produced by anyone affiliated with a political party has to be viewed cynically. It has to be viewed with this analytical mind. You have to be, like what I was saying, which is like the intention of this meme is to make it seem like they're connecting with young people. What I would also hope is that young people also in the back of their mind might be like, okay, but I need to actually see policies as well attached to this to prove that point too. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think that we have a problem where you have a group of young people who are really politically engaged in Australia and then no one talking to them from Canberra, no one actually connecting with young people or engaging them. And it's like if you have a young, engaged populace, you want to keep it that way. And if we continue to have sort of like old, stuffy, taking themselves extraordinarily seriously politics, you aren't going to engage young people that way. And to add a, another level of just confusion and obfuscation about the whole shebang that I think genuinely makes it hard to approach these memes critically sometimes is the fact that politicians pay meme accounts almost as like native advertorial to incorporate things about them into their accounts. Like the iconic example is Mike Bloomberg being exposed for what's well, essentially cash for comment um, from these like Gen Z shitposting accounts to be making memes about him. And, they, and we've seen that in Australia as well, right? Yes, we saw this fairly early on, well before the election was ever called. Uh, Crikey's Cam Wilson had a report talking about how a small uh, advertising agency that I think had worked in the US but works with politicians had been sending emails soliciting basically uh, anti-Scott Morrison videos from creators, uh, you know, in the name of the Labor Party. It's very unclear exactly how official all this was, if all those proper authorization things things would have been checked off. We don't know even if this is kind of materialised into any videos, but it's very clear that, you know, making an anti-SCOMO video or a pro-Labor video or, you know, the opposite way round for the Liberals, it's on people's mind. They are aware that TikTok is a tool and memes are a tool that can be used. And because this app has such a powerful algorithm, you end up, you know, targeting Australians. It's Australian content. We'll send it to Australian users. We'll send it to the young people who are here. You know, that's a level of sort of marketing and targeted advertising that you usually have to pay a lot more than 300 bucks for. We should say, by the way, because we are a balanced and fair media organisation, obviously, that the Labor Party and Anthony Albanese have distanced themselves from these claims and the SMH have reported that despite the Labor Party entering into discussions with local media, no money had been or would be paid for any videos posted online. But... The truth still remains. We know politicians themselves are spending so much time and effort into keeping up with these apps, continuing to use social media as a tool for campaigning. Do you think we need to get better at being more critical of the content that we see on TikTok and elsewhere? Oh, I'm terrible at picking ads. Like, I'm very, I'm a very, like, social media literate person. I am on these apps constantly. I constantly like miss it. I'll see someone, you know, like offering their dad a Lipton iced tea and I'll be like, that's funny. It's Australiana. (laughs) And then two days later, I'll see it as an ad for Lipton iced tea. And I'm like, well, I'm an idiot. So that does make me wonder, you know, like there are so many like uh, accounts that are for politicians or for political parties or people who are just fans of this politician 
we don't know what their roots are. We don't know the connections these people have to political parties. We don't know. You know, it, it's it's a big question and I think it is a bit of the wild, wild west on social media and we often say, oh, young people need to be more media literate. It's hard. Like, we, we need to... It really is. Like, this is not just people being stupid and not thinking critically. It's actually really difficult to figure out what's going on sometimes. I want to bring it back to something that you said at the very start, you said that you think politicians actually need to be making more content, that that would actually make sense for their campaigns. Say more. There's a lot of room for like humanization and authentic, oh, sorry, it's a podcast, you can't see, I'm quotation marks things, <laughs> like authentic, like connecting with people that I don't think politicians are taking. Like you see um, Jacinda Ardern does Facebook Lives just like over dinner and talks to uh, people in New Zealand about things that are going on. Or in the US, you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who rose to prominence because she was doing these like very grassroots, like connecting with people, social media things. And it's like, it doesn't take too much social media literacy to actually just be good at social media sometimes. And I don't quite see why this isn't being prioritised more by politicians. Like we need less, you know, would you like taxes with that McDonald's Scott Morrison um, memes and more just like people authentically interacting with people online. And I genuinely think if there was an ability to do that, that could actually be good for the democratic process. Here's my thing. I propose that there should be a carbon tax for content. There should be a content tax. (laughs) You make one piece of content as a politician, you better be doing something good in the real world as well. You shut down one coal-fired power plant, you get to post one meme. That's the deal. Well, that's that's a good point, right? Like, we're talking all about, like, politicians trying to connect with young people through memes, what politicians could be doing more to connect with young people. We could just be, like, talking about climate change and mental health more in this campaign, the issues that young people care about. Like, this has not been a young people-centric campaign, so it's almost like politicians are having to work work overtime to connect with this group of voters, like just make some policies that Mm -hmm. engage young people, like talk about university fees. Exactly. I don't care about who you are. Care about us. A few more little bits of climate policy is probably as good as 300 little memes. Matilda, because um, Alex is off this week, I also, before you leave, I do want you to tell me your top of the list. It is that time where we share our recommendations for whatever movie, film, TV show, podcast we are currently obsessed with. Matilda, what is yours? Okay, so this is going to be a hard sell. Ready. I'm going to recommend a 21-hour-long video essay about the long-since-cancelled Nickelodeon sitcoms iCarly and Victorious. Sorry, I'm obviously in. It's a harder sell to our listener, so sell to them, not to me. Okay, so this guy, Quinton Reviews, has dedicated his life for the past six months, it seems, making these videos analysing to the high heavens these Nickelodeon children's sitcoms, iCarly, and then its sister show, Victorious, because he was just a huge fan of iCarly back in the day. So, like, the Mm -hmm. first video covers the first three seasons of iCarly. It's four hours and 45 minutes long. The second one, three hours and 35 minutes. Look, iCarly is cinema. iCarly is a film. So, I will be binging 
morning or 19 hours. Um, I have a recommendation for you. Please, please. I Genuinely, I need any other content. It is also kind of like a long form podcast. It's a podcast called Scam Fluences um, and it's hosted by Sacha Kool and Sarah Hagi. And um, it's literally just a podcast about everyone's favorite topic, scam influencers, they're not just talking about, you know, like the Carolyn Callaways and the ones that we already are all too familiar with. It's very much like they frame it in this true crime kind of sense. And every two episodes goes through one very detailed investigation and narrative into another scammer, another grifter, giving me ideas left, right and centre. So take a listen. Scam Fluences is its name. Matilda, thank you so much um, for for engaging in some battle to the death debate with me today. And thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you so much. I may take your uh, advice on just pressing not interested on every political meme that I see. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, you should probably subscribe to this show. It's so easy. You're already listening to it. Just hit follow on that podcast player. You can scream back at us across the void by leaving us a review, but only if you're screaming compliments. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert, Camilla Hannon, and Joe Koning, who also handcrafted the music. Executive produced by Miles Martignoni and Steph Harmon. We'll see you next week. 